12 months, 18 months, whatever you want to say, year and a half at this point. But hopefully our perspective has changed. I'm not, I'm not trying, again, not trying to beat a dead horse or anything like that, but hopefully we've learned that our, if we didn't learn it before, that our hope isn't in Washington. Because I know I've been saying it, and until America in general learns it, there's very little difference in what is behind the person's, what letters behind a person's name. Hope isn't in our job. People are losing their jobs. People are being forced to quit their jobs, to live their life. Listen, think about, think about this, okay? And I know this isn't necessarily a popular opinion, but think about this. This is the exact reason why this nation was founded, because people were being forced to do things that they felt like they shouldn't have to do. So they left England and, and left Europe and came here and started a new country. And again, I'm not trying to offend anybody, and I still think that this is the greatest country in the world, but you've all heard that America was an experiment. If we're not careful, the experiment is going to fail. It lasted 200 years. And the exact reason that it's going to fail is because those people that left, they put their hope in God. And over the last 200 years, it's solely, listen, we're the, we're the greatest country in the world. Listen, I, I, this, is, this is funny. Yes, it's funny, but it, it's, it's truthful. You do realize that the most powerful, the greatest military power in the world just lost a war to a bunch of people that wear dresses and sandals. Think about that for a second. Why? Because, listen, remember, remember when the uh, children of Israel came into the promised land and they went up against Jericho? They made sure God was on their side. But then all of a sudden, here comes AI. Oh, we've got this. We're militarily strong. We're advanced. We've got this. And what happened? They fell flat on their face because they no longer had their hope in God. Colossians chapter number 2, verse number 8, it says, Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit, after the traditions of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. This experiment is going to fail because we've allowed the world to affect the church. Again, I'm not trying to, but we cannot, we cannot take the world's way of thinking, the world's way of doing things, and apply it to the church 
and spiritualize it and think that we're going to succeed. His ways are above our ways and his thoughts are above our thoughts. Well, that just doesn't make any sense. Then that might be a reason why you know it's from God. if, If there hasn't been a time or times in your life when everything, common sense, the way that you think it should be, even people's advice goes against something, but for some reason you know that you're supposed to do it a different way than everybody else is telling you you should do it. Even yourself. Why? Because his ways aren't our ways. Going into battle and making a loud noise isn't necessarily the best way to win a war. You know, this is exactly what God told them to do with Jericho. Ticking off the most powerful person in the world isn't exactly the best way to win friends and influence people, but that's exactly what Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and Daniel did in Babylon. Why? Because it's what God wants them to do. Jesus came and changed the complete landscape of culture both spiritually, intellectually, and he did so by taking off the establishment. Pharisees didn't like him. The Sadducees didn't like him. The Sanhedrin didn't like him. The high priest didn't like him. The Romans didn't like him. The Greeks didn't like him. (laughs) The Jews didn't even like him. But if we're going to do something for God, listen, it it can get tiresome. I realize that. That's why our hope has to be in Him. The key to life, the key, if we're going to have success, if we're going to to take ownership. Listen, why do you take ownership of a house? So you can take care of your family, so you can do those things. Why do you take ownership of your car so you can get to work? So you can accomplish something. And if we're going to accomplish something, we've got to take ownership. And if the only hope that we have for ownership is in Christ. Colossians chapter number one, it says, being the firstborn from the dead so that he himself will come to have first place in everything. For it was the Father's good pleasure for all the fulfillness to dwell in him. Can I tell you that pretty much sums it up. Kind of emphasis that we need to have in our lives. Last year we looked at Galatians, no other gospel. The gospel is not only something to be believed or something we know will get us to heaven, but it sustains us in our everyday.
It boggles my mind. Listen, the <laughs> vast majority of people in this room are saved. I think everyone that's of age is saved. If you're not, we can take care of that later. But how in the world can you put your faith and trust in Jesus to get you to heaven? And you can't put your faith and trust in Jesus to take care of you today. Listen, he... He came that we have life. Eternal life. Everlasting life. But so many times we forget the part about the abundant life. That's today. Listen, I've realized we have bad days. And we can get stuck in our own heads. But if you... If day after day after day after day after day and you're... We have bad days, I understand that. But if you really don't like your life on a consistent basis, there's some you're doing it wrong. There's there's something that is that's not rocket science, okay? There's something that isn't right. And as a Christian, you really shouldn't have a bad day. Too many of them in a row. God didn't give us the gospel just so we could be, could embrace it and can be converted. He offers it to us every day as a gift that keeps on giving to everything we need in life to sustain us, to become more godly. The wise believer learns the truth early and becomes proficient in extracting available benefits from the gospel every day. We extract these benefits by being absorbed in the gospel, speaking to ourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Colossians chapter number 3, verse number 17. Flip over there, Colossians 3, 17. We'll start in verse 15, I guess. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you are called in one body, and be thankful that the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord, and whatsoever you do in word or in deed, do all in the name of the Lord, Jesus giving thanks to God and the Father. By him. Our hope. Our hope. The first thing, we, we should be thankful. We should be thankful. If you know Jesus as your Savior, even, this has been, even if this has been the worst year of your life, in every conceivable way, we still have a reason to be thankful. Because what Jesus did. Because of what Jesus did. He secured our peace. Listen, living 
the world doesn't have peace. We, the world says, well, we want peace. We want peace. You're not going to have peace until you know the Prince of Peace. You're not, it's not going to happen. We don't have time. So hopefully to some extent you, you understand what I'm saying and, and just agree with me and go home and study it and, and I'll explain to you. But listen, everything, everything revolves around the sun. Literally, physically, mentally, spiritually. Listen, Jesus, God, created the universe. You want peace? You got to know Jesus. You want strength? You got to know Jesus. You want wisdom, knowledge? You got to know Jesus. Listen, physically, everything revolves around that bright ball, and but mentally and spiritually, everything revolves around God. And listen, if you if you really, really, really don't hate. Like your life day in and day out. For, for I check and see if you're saved. Like I said, we all have bad days. I understand that too. I tell people all the time, I have a favorite child. I have a favorite child. It changes frequently. That's what sure wants to behave in the best of time. So we all have bad days, but do you have peace? In it. Remember, in everything, not for everything, we're supposed to give thanks. Be thankful for the peace. Romans chapter number five, verse number one, be justified by faith. We have what? Peace. The only way that you and I can have peace with a holy God is because of the finished work of Christ on the cross. Listen, everything that every religion has you do, and I don't, I don't care what is, that's what makes us different than every other thing in every other religion in the world. We're not even a religion. We'll go home, look up the definition of religion. It'll say something to this effect. Man's attempt to get to God. Man can't get to God. God came to man. Nothing new trying to get to God. We think the Tower of Babel was. We got to get to God. Listen, Adam and Eve, even in their perfect state before they sinned, couldn't get to God. God still came to them. There's all kinds of crazy things. We were, Kendra had to run to the store yesterday and apparently she asked me a question and to some extent I knew the answer, but I had to research it a little bit. There was some Muslim men in the store. They were wearing the all white. She's like, I've never seen them wear all white before. I says, yeah, they're, they're, I'm just being honest, I was a little bit in the flesh. I said, yeah, they're getting ready to do something they're going to do one of their terrorist actions. But no, it, in the Muslim world, when they wear all white, it's, you know, the high, they're getting ready to do something important, or they just got done finishing doing something important, and so they've got to put on their special clothes. 
Mormons do it. I think, yeah, the Mormons do it, yeah. I always get the Mormons and Jehovah's Witnesses confused. But anyway, the Mormons do it. Put on their special clothes because they got to do something special. Something as simplistic as that. All the way to, listen, you know, you'd be surprised some of the religions make you do. Climb up thousands of stone steps on your knees so by the time you get to the top your knees are all bloodied and scraped up and bruised so you can pray to somebody in their religion that was famous by the way how many of you realize that's the Catholic Church so the, the, the Catholic Church that you and I in America are used to it's not real Catholic it's not don't think for a minute that if they were allowed to, that they wouldn't do some of the things they did in the Middle Ages. I can, I can tell you stories of the Catholic Church from Mexico and from Canada firsthand that would surprise you. And that's, that's in North America, by the way. Listen, throwing babies into rivers with crocodiles and putting them on... on Statues and then lighting fires and everything. The list, the list could go on and on and on, on. Why? So they can have peace with an angry God. Listen, I, I realize that the Bible says that I'm a just God and I'm a vengeful God. But let's just be honest with one another for a second. When have you ever felt like God was that angry with you. Listen, whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth. I'm not saying you go through a hard time. But I, I can't imagine living my life constantly thinking that a divine being is that mad at me. That's not very peaceful. And yet there's, listen, there's people in independent, fundamental, soul-winning King James churches. That's how they live their life. They're so afraid that and you do one little mess up and God's going to backhand you. Listen, that's not how you, <laughs> you, don't, you don't have very much hope. And you don't have a very good understanding of what God is. Secondly, let, what about the Rule. It says, let peace rule activity. Let peace umpire, if we're talking about, officiate. Listen, does, does peace officiate your decision making? Again, or do a lot of your decisions made out of fear? Are we living because we're living life wrong? God doesn't want us to live in fear, He wants us to live in peace. And because we have peace from the only person who can bring peace, that peace should rule our lives. Our decisions should be made out of peace, not out of fear. You start making decisions out of fear, and you're going to make a bad decision. One of the things my 
Grandpa told me, my dad told me, don't ever buy something when you have to. Don't ever buy something when you have to. To the best of your, listen, don't, don't buy a car when you need a car. Buy a car before you need a car. Because you have the time to find the right one and you're not going to make a decision. Oh, my car is broken down and I have to get to work and I have to get kids to school and I have to make money and on. You're making a decision out of fear. Don't make a decision. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts and in your minds. People make religious decisions out of fear. What is this vengeful, angry God going to do? Listen. (laughs) Bosses and employees make decisions out of fear. Well, if I don't drop the hammer, then they're going to think I'm soft and they're never going to get anything done. So bosses are, listen, rewind your life, a lot of you. Some of you are still in this stage in life, but rewind your life to school age. That kid that bullied you. It it doesn't make it right. It doesn't justify it. It doesn't do anything. But you do realize they bullied you out of fear, right? They were making a decision out of fear. What's, What's that old saying? People fear things they don't know. Don't make decisions out of fear. And listen, when you, we can know it here, but when we really, really, kids, get this through, it'll change your life when you realize that people are mean to you because they're afraid. It doesn't mean that they're not ever going to be mean to you. Peace, rule. We should be thankful. Why? We should be thankful for everything that God's done for us. The fact that we can have our lives ruled by peace. Whatsoever things are what? Pure. Whatsoever things are lovely. The list goes on. What does the think on these things? What? Don't have negative thoughts. There's enough negative out there. I know that there's a vast amount of people that would disagree with me. That's fine. They could be wrong. Listen, there's a lot of negative in this world. And there's a lot of, listen, there's a lot of negative in the Bible. And I realize that I'm commanded to preach the whole counsel of God. So occasionally, I have to mention the negative. But I don't know if you've noticed over the last four years, I try and preach the positive. Listen, if you do what God wants you to do, then the positive is going to happen. Preach the positive. And if you don't do it, then then you got to deal with the negative. Well, we're constantly, constantly focused on the negative. Well, if you don't do what God wants you to do, he's going to strike you dead. That's, that's the negative. 
That's the fear. God says, let the peace. Be thankful. And God really isn't going to strike the dead, but some preachers come across that way. I think it's. There are going to be con- listen, consequences for our actions, and we so often are thinking that consequences are negative. But do you realize that, that there's positive consequences? Kids, you do what, what you, you do your chores and you do what your parents ask you to do. You, you know what hopefully happens? You get money to buy stuff. Or they buy you stuff. Stuff that you wouldn't normally get. But those, those, those are consequences for your actions. You're at, you're at work. What You go above and beyond. What is required of you. There's consequences for your actions. You get a bonus. Negative. No, I mean positive. I'm sorry. Listen, there's positive consequences too. When we're so programmed, culture has tried to program us to always think negative. Psychiatrists and psychologists and sociopaths and those people Psychopaths, they tell us that for every time that someone tells you something negative, it takes 10 positives to override it. Because we're so programmed to negative, negative, negative. Listen, his ways are above our ways and his thoughts are above our thoughts. And he says, listen, let's, I'm the only hope you have. Positive. Positive. I, I, I wanted people who would worship me. And I, I, I created an entire planet for those people. I created an entire universe for those people. And listen, I created the most perfect, listen, a utopian society. The Garden of Eden was a utopian society. I created that for them to take care of them. Tell me where an angry, vengeful God plays into that. Because of sin, there's consequences. But there's never God's intention whatsoever. Listen, because of what Jesus did, but can I also tell you because of what Jesus does? Because of what Jesus does. Look at verse number 12. Put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, forgiving one another. If any have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgive you, so also do ye. And above all these things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfection. Romans 16, I mean, Romans 6, 17 and 18. Thanks be to God that though we were slaves to sin, now we're slaves to righteousness. You can, again, you can look at this as a negative and you can think, look at this as a positive. But listen, you're still a, you're still a slave. At one point in time in your life, you're a slave to sin. Now you're a slave to God, a slave to righteousness, a slave to good things. 
What's wrong with being a slave? Honestly, I, I, I'm, looking, I'm looking for some honest questions. What's, listen, we, we fought an entire war, so we're told, historically, there was other extenuating circumstances, but listen. We were told that we taught an entire war over slavery. What's wrong with being a slave? To my knowledge, the two major issues or two things that everything boils down to is this. What? No man should own another man. And that, by the way, that does violate scripture. No man should own another man. God's not a man. There, there goes that one. The second thing is this. What? There's, <laughs> slaves were sometimes mistreated although not as often as we're led to believe. But they were. I'm not saying it didn't happen. It was wrong. But slaves were mistreated. The Bible refers to God as a benevolent dictator. He's a love. Listen, the vast majority of people, listen, they signed on the dotted line and said, we will give up X amount of years, and most of the time it was seven years. We'll give up seven years of our life to get from a different place in the world to come to America will give up seven years of our life to pay for the cost that it's going to do to get us to a better place. At the end of that amount of time, like I said, the most of the time it was seven years, most slaves were given their freedom. Some of them were said, you know what, you take such, such good care of me, I'm just going to stay and be your servant anyway. Listen, does a God take good care of you? Listen, those, the slaves that were treated correctly, I'm not talking about ones that weren't. God is benevolent, God is loving, so we're going to use it in that context. Listen, their housing's taken care of, their food's taken care of, their kids are taken care of, Everything's taken care of. Well, they, they're slaves. How less stressful would your life be if everything was taken care of for you? Re re rewind your life to being a kid. Listen, they, they don't think about it. They go to a store. I want this, I want this, I want this, I want this. Why? Because mom and dad have endless resources in their mind. Listen, I never thought I was... Listen, I, I can tell you some stories. When I went to the Christian school, you could get a little thing of milk. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. At least in Michigan, a little thing of milk at the school. And it would it cost 10 cents. When I was growing up, it was 10 cents. And I, was, I thought that was the coolest thing. Before school started, you could go to the cafeteria and buy a little thing of milk. 10 cents. The vast majority of the time... I couldn't go because we didn't. Have, my parents didn't have ten cents. I didn't really think about it at the time. But I had ten cents, and I, I realize I'm talking the, the mid late eighties. It's probably a quarter now, maybe a dollar. But that that's pretty tight when it comes to financial things. But I never thought about it. Always had food. Always had bed. Always had clothes. 
I didn't have a care in the world. Other than the fact that I didn't get my chocolate milk. Let's see. It's our hope. We're talking about our hope and we're going to live a life. Listen, we can worry about the cares of this world or not. Verse number 16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly and be thankful. Clayton likes to collect Bibles. And, and, and anytime he sees a, a, a different a different color on the outside or something, he, he's, I forgot, we, we were somewhere. He I, Was it at the summit? I forget. He asked someone for their Bible. They really know. There are worse things in this world to collect, I realize. Be thankful that you have a Bible. You'd be surprised about the amount of places in this world that doesn't have a written. They might have a part of it. They might not. You go, I mean, I've got my preaching Bible. I've got my study Bible. Uh, I've got my Michigan Bible. It's amazing blue on the cover. Okay, I know I'm weird. I know, okay. I've got my brown Bible. I've got my black Bible. I've got my red Bible. I've got my blue Bible. I've got my American Heritage Bible. I've got my ordination Bible. And those are just the ones here, literally in this building. I've got the ones at home. Be thankful. We're spoiled rotten. We've You do, you realize that those people that left Europe and other places and came here because they did what God wanted them to do, you realize that when they had the Bible, that they had to chain the Bible to the pulpit. Otherwise, people would come and take it because they didn't have a Bible. That's how bad they wanted the Bible. Be thankful. We're rich. Colossians chapter number one. Colossians chapter number one, verse number 28. Whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ, whereunto I also labor, striving according to his work, which worketh in me. Mightily. Well, that's 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 the goal. God wants us to take ownership, so we can accomplish some things. He wants us to say, listen. Sunday school. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. This is what the work of this is the work that God started. We looked at Acts this morning. This is the work that we're supposed to continue. The goal 
His word can richly dwell in you. Because it richly dwells in me. That's our goal. We're supposed to go out and tell the world, listen, that peace, that thankfulness, whatever it has to do with, with our future, with our finances, with our family, I don't forget what's all, all, all up there. We can live in peace. Why? Because I live in peace. Because I have hope in those things. And I'm not worried about those things. And what? All throughout the gospel and the Pauline epistles, example, 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 example. You can be because I am. Paul said it this way, follow me as I follow Christ. Now if I quit following Christ, then kick me to the curb. Example after example. I'm trying to, in our everyday life, live the way that God wants us to live. Listen, American culture has gotten to the point, Western culture has gotten to the point where the people just come to church on the week, weekend the same way that you go to a museum. We're going to go check it out and look at some few things. That's, again, if this year has taught us anything, that we have to be the church. Not a building. The body of believers that go out and care Listen, again, in, inconvenience. you got to take time away from your day. I'm sorry. I apologize. But do you care enough to do it? If we have the hope, Galatians chapter number 2, I have been crucified with Christ. Now Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. First Corinthians chapter number 15. Thanks to God who gives us the victory through Jesus. Steadfast, immovable, always abounding in what? The work. The work. Why? Do you ever get tired sometimes? I hate doing the same thing over and over and over and over and over again. Listen, I, I, I might be confessing my sins here to you. I apologize. The most stupid and annoying thing in the world to me is making a bed. You're just going to mess it up 12 hours later, approximately. Every stinking day of your life. I hate doing the same thing all the time, all the time, over and over. It gets tiresome. 
stupid dog does something that she's done before. She knows she's not supposed to do. It's tiresome. This is I gotta go beat her again. She's so stupid. How many times do I have to beat you when we're doing the same thing? Raising kids. How many times? <laughs> Those are your parents, grandparents. How many times do I gotta tell the kid not to do that? If it was wrong once, it's wrong again. It's tiresome. I don't know how the Coles do it. Get up at 3 o'clock every morning. I go, just to go work for the government. They're better people than I have Tired. But trust me, I guarantee you that that's getting get tiresome some days. Same thing. Brother Martin's retired. He never gets tired anymore. You can get tired in the Christian work. Man, I gotta go out and witness to people again. I just did that yesterday. I just did that last week. They didn't listen to me. The end of the verse. Their labor's not. Eventually, that dumb dog will learn. Eventually, kids won't make as many same mistakes. Eventually, someone will get saved. Something will change their life. But what's it? Listen. Why? Because that's the. I, I I know I said it before, and I don't have my notes right in front of me to prove it. But listen, we we've got the we even have the wrong definition of hope. Hope is not wishing. Hope is knowing. We were talking during donut time. Modders were up in New Hampshire. We all know Brother Modder went through a rough spring, winter, whatever that was, whatever time it was. Brock was telling him some things that, that he didn't realize. And so I told him, I said, like, Can you talk to Michael? Can you re, re, relate some things? Because me, me and Michael, I, th- I think, I don't know, I could be wrong, but we were at least vocal with each other. Brother Potter's going to be okay. He'll, he'll be, listen, I, you guys know, I said it from the beginning, long road, but he's going to be okay. Do you know how tiresome it is? Listen, I'm paraphrasing what his grandson said. He's like, do you, under, do you realize how tiresome it is to be the only one in the family? to know that he's going to be okay. And I, I don't know if that's true or not. I, was, I wasn't in on all the discussions. There may have been other people in the family, but that's, that's what he told me. Listen, he had hope. Because he knew when every... Listen, when, when, when you're unconscious on a ventilator, and the doctors come in and, and say, we've got to talk. Yes, Kendra. God's going to work. I, knew, I, I don't know how. I don't know why. He's gonna, I don't know how he's going to do it. I don't know when he's going to do it. Why? Because I knew that he's going to be okay. That's hope. In the midst of 
of tiresome. Listen, bear ye one another's burdens. So fulfill the will of God for you. It's bad enough that you've got to carry your own problem, but now God wants you to carry other people's problem. Listen, the only hope we have there's part of the list through all the lists of life is God. Let the name of Christ be glorified you, be glorified in you, verse 17. Our hope is found in Christ. Be thankful about the name of Christ. Our ownership, our friends. Listen, there's all kinds of things that we would like to do. But think about this and we'll be done. What could we do as, as a family, as a church, as a nation, if we just take ownership? The only way we're going to take ownership, the only hope we have. Listen, there's just so many things. Our hope for salvation, Jesus. Our hope for living a peaceful, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably. Why can you live peaceably? Because there's a hope inside of you if you're saved. Sometimes, as I, I, me and Miss Joyce would be kindred spirits, and we get ourselves in lots of trouble if we weren't saved. They don't. It's not in our nature to live peaceably with all men. Just that doesn't fit. <laughs> Listen, the only hope we have is in Him. Someone does something stupid. Bless you. <laughs> I know I, I, I use this a lot for missions conference time, but listen, if every Christian tithed, I don't care about missions, I'm not talking about any of that, tithed, every church would be fully, every pastor in a church would be fully supported in 30 days debt-free, be able to do... Listen, there's some improvements that need to be done. We're working on it. <laughs> but listen, let's just be honest. There's some improvements that need to be done. And as the money comes in, we do them. Can you just imagine next month we have enough money to do all the improvements that we need to do? Thanksgiving time. Every missionary that has been through here, there's enough money for us to take them on for support. We don't have to decide. It doesn't have to be a popular, I hate popularity contest. That's probably because I always lost. In 90 days, we really love this one. In 90 days, every institution of learning from preschool to colleges, TV, newspaper, radio stations, and hospitals will be, will be owned 
can be bought by Christians. Can you imagine turning on CNN and seeing my ugly mug? Listen, you go to a hospital, you don't have to worry about, do I have to get the vaccine to keep my job or not? I, I don't know what any Christians come into you. Some Christians get the vaccine, some Christians don't. I, I don't really care. But I, I, I don't think that a true Christian is going to make you. It's your choice. You get to keep your job. No more abortions. Listen, the list could go on and on and on and on. Why? Because they took ownership. The only way that's going to happen is for us to realize that the only hope we have is in Let's pray, Lord, to come before you this morning. And we're thankful that you allowed us to come and gather, Lord. We just, again, pray that you were honored and glorified.